previously on the Brisket and Main podcast. I just miss talking shit to our customers. Yeah, but you have to understand, we had no idea what the fuck we we're going to talk about. We never do. We are about to sell out. Because you run well, it. Well, no, you can't triple stamp or double stamp, though, at that point. So clearly, this whole operation setup is very unorthodox. We actually went on Sunday. Oh, who's, who's, who's we? I wasn't there. Because it was my friends. Oh, Come out and do this. Oh yeah. Well, like, thanks for having me out. Uh, I mean, you sent me like a whole list of questions, and I don't remember a single <laughs> one that you so put this, on the list. <laughs> so I'll say this, kind of like our podcast, because you know, there's there's th- actually I would say there's thousands of barbecue podcasts, but there's not. There's only like ten or fifteen that are kind of like relevant, and uh, you know, it's always a perspective of the outsiders in. So we're trying to get a perspective of inside out, and uh, just you know, from the very beginning, it's just trying to peel back the onion and get a little. Hey, you know, everybody thinks it's sunshine and like awesome, but it sucks. It can suck really bad. And just like lessons that I've, you know, that we've learned and, you know, just try, you know, that's not COVID, right? Not you know, don't play around that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want to scare them. Like, go cut this interview off real quick. <laughs> so, you know, I know, I know you've done uh, other interviews and it's always like, where did you start? You know, so we wanted to kind of like ask you some random questions and you will just well, go. I was born in the small town of Worcester, Ohio. <laughs> You have it probably all memorized, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me to go back and do all that. Like, I write stories. Uh, I'm always trying to look for new content. And so when I go back and do interviews over and over and they're asking the exact same questions that they've probably heard the answer to, I, it confuses me. It's what like, we, haven't, we, haven't we gone over this before? Like, if anybody's truly interested at all in my story, like, it's out there. Um, it's not that interesting. Like I was, I was an architect and became a barbecue blogger and then became a barbecue writer. It's, it's certainly a unique career path, but like the story about how it happened, like there's like, yeah, there's no death defying stunts or anything. Like there's no, like there's no redemption story. There's no, well, you know, if, if you need some more content, like, uh, uh, I think I have something I can offer up, not for Zola's barbecue, but our, Barbecue guy who makes our barbecue sauce, like he has like six or seven. I saw you eating Bourne's barbecue uh, sauce like two days ago, Fritos. He's like, oh my God, he likes barbecue sauce. It's like, man, yeah, everybody likes barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce. He, he makes like eight or I don't know how many people in, in Texas he makes their barbecue sauce, but he's like 30 years old. Took over the company from his uh, grandpa that's out in Abilene, been like 40 years. Um, and he said, if there's ever anything you need from a barbecue stamp, barbecue sauce standpoint or anything like that, like, he'll love it. He'll so out. he's got like a facility? Yeah, yeah. it's a full blown facility. Um, he does actually. Um, Evie Mays? No, not Evie Mays. Um, he does a couple of people. He's uh, Abilene R's. Uh, he does uh, Creekside now down Abil- or excuse me in um, Wimberley. Wimberley. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is you, are you good friends with Mark? I forgot his last name. Gar- Garbot. That uh, he's doing the barbecue sauce Texas uh, twang or whatever. Uh, oh, Mark Gabbert. Gabbert. Yeah. So uh, sorry. Butchered that fucking. <laughs> Samson, I way off. Well, I saw he the made Texas a, Tang. Yeah, yeah, I saw he made a post about it, or uh, that he was looking for a barbecue sauce guy. So I hooked. Uh, my guy up with him, so he's producing his barbecue sauce, and then that guy hooked him up at Creekside, but he's doing like a whole bunch of uh, different barbecue sauces. So I don't know if you ever have a barbecue sauce article that you're ever going to be writing. Like, uh, Yeah, well, um, are we, we're recording, right? Well, no. I am recording. Oh, you are recording? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But you say, is this go time? I don't know. Yeah, I, it I, should I, be. Like, okay. let's, let's talk. Um, but yeah, I am interested in that barbecue sauce in particular because it uses chicken stock. Yes. You and say it's the most expensive 
barbecue sauce he's ever made. Right. Well, I mean, part of the reason is because if you're making a barbecue sauce that's supposed to sit on the shelf for a long, long time, like you want to eliminate dairy, animal products of any sort, right? You want mm-hmm. a high acidic content. Um, and so the idea that it's sort of built on chicken stock is a unique one for a bottled barbecue sauce. I think I love barbecue sauce. Me like, too. I, I, you know, I, um, Bring home a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, and like just pull it and and dump a bunch of barbecue sauce on it and eat it as a sandwich with some yeah. pickles. Like that's great. Um, I like barbecue sauce on my barbecue too. I just like the opportunity to choose whether right. I want it or not. Right? I, I just want it on the side. Like I love a really good barbecue sauce. Uh, I hate opening a barbecue sauce and like smelling that um, cumin. Well, well most, most people like cumin. I hate cumin. I don't mind that. It's it's really like when you smell the the liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. Like I think liquid smoke. Certainly, there are people who make a barbecue sauce, like a homemade sauce with liquid smoke in it. But I think, in general, when you smell liquid smoke, that that generally means that somebody purchased it off, off a store shelf. Mm-hmm. And so that smell of liquid smoke to me just smells like. Uh, well, just smells like I didn't really care much about the sauce that I'm putting in here, and. Uh, it's just ironic to me to pair a liquid smoke filled sauce with smoked meat. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I already was, got uh, the smoke; it's in the meat. Like, you don't need it in the sauce. Double smoke. You just ask for hard. It's kind of funny. Was there Win Dixies up in the Midwest? Uh, there was lots of Win Dixies in New Orleans, uh, okay. and that's where I went to uh, college. So yeah, shopped at a lot of Win Dixies. So I don't know if you remember, they used to have like the barbecue sandwich that was just like this. I don't even know what kind of meat it was. It was just doused with barbecue sauce. But growing up, like we, my dad would always go get some of those in Win Dixie ribs, and that's what we ate. And I just, I just missed that sandwich. And it was doused with barbecue sauce. I'm pretty sure it probably had liquid smoke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> my mom would make, uh, back in Ohio, she made barbecue sandwiches. And it was uh, chip-chop ham, which is like uh, the fattiest pressed ham you could ever imagine. <laughs> uh, diced up and sautéed and then cover it in barbecue sauce and let it simmer a little while and just put it on a bun. It basically like a, a fatty ham sloppy joe. Do you, Let me ask and you a question. Do you miss it right now? No. At all? I don't. No, I don't. I don't miss that. I don't try and make it myself. Um, I don't try and replicate it. Um, yeah, but uh, you know the 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 thing that sort of takes me back to home is the smell of of barbecue sauce like burning on the grill, like that smell of burnt sugar. Uh, that's something that I think really sort of it it can cover an entire backyard with that aroma, and that is what takes me back home. That means it was really good barbecue, right? Uh, that just means it was probably cooked wrong, but like, and the sauce is probably burnt on there. And what was what was Kraft's brand, the one that everybody used? Uh, yeah, Kraft, and then Open Pit. Yeah, is, uh, I'm gonna go on record and say I love me some Sweet Baby Rays. Like, I can yeah. I can eat some Sweet Baby Rays. Well, and there's a difference between barbecue sauces that are good with barbecue and barbecue sauces that are good with like French fries. Anything yeah. exactly. Sweet yeah. Baby Rays. Like- yeah, nuggets. <laughs> like. Sweet Baby Ray's is designed to be delicious because sugar is delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was my dad's go-to growing up with Sweet Baby Ray's. But you know, you've got the the green sauce, and yes. I don't know if you call it something other than the green sauce. No, or, it just stuck. It was just yeah. called the green okay. sauce. So it's the green sauce, and so I'm always excited going into barbecue joints now to find sauces like that, mm-hmm. ones that are just uh, out of the ordinary barbecue sauces that are only really called a barbecue sauce because they're served at a barbecue joint. Wow, I never thought about calling it a barbecue sauce. I mean, it is because yeah. it's like it's the sauce that you serve with your barbecue, like or with your taco. Um, 
and you know I went to Slow Bone recently, and they uh, they do the special of this uh, the sandwich. They call it the Texas Nail, but he um, so they make a uh, a roasted jalapeno barbecue sauce. Wow! So like roasted jalapenos is the base of it, and it's still got the sweet and the vinegary flavors of a barbecue sauce, but it's very like roasted pepper forward. So it's not really a salsa. Uh, it's I guess it's a barbecue sauce because it's served at a barbecue joint with barbecue. Uh, and so trying out different sauces like that is always exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, Jordan uh, from uh, Bodacious, uh, or Jordan Jack, excuse me, he got me hooked on white sauce. I really didn't know what white sauce was. And uh, now I like, I'm always trying to figure out what we can do with the white sauce. It goes on great on chicken and wings, but it's like, man, this goes good with, you know, pork. Tacos. Well, I mean, one of the reasons you might not like white sauce is because so many people uh, around Texas make it wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Like, okay. a white sauce shouldn't be thick. Correct. Like, if a white sauce is thick, it's it's too much like mm-hmm. dipping your Sour barbecue into mayonnaise. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it is a mayonnaise-based sauce, but it should be more vinegar. It should be more liquidy. Like, it, it should... If you... Just like a big... big just like at Big Bob Gibson, hard to get that one out. <laughs> uh, when they dip a half chicken into it and pull it up out, like the entire chicken isn't white, right? Yes. It's it's dripping off of the chicken because the sauce is thin enough for that. So, but there is horseradish in white sauce, right? Or are we making it wrong? Uh, there's horseradish in some white sauce, oh, but it, okay. So if you look at the uh, Big Bob Gibson cookbook, mm-hmm. their white sauce does not have horseradish in it. Okay. Uh, but I also don't think that's their actual white sauce recipe. So <laughs> it's a, a white sauce recipe. So yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, you know, I think a lot of places say everything that's on there. You know, we tell everybody exactly what's in our green sauce, and but we don't. You know, we say this is how you make it, and I think I think we tell them the truth. But I think there's a because I think you've probably seen since when you started at barbecue. You know, back in the day, I guess everybody was like hiding recipes, and now it's like an open forum. Do you, but I think everybody just has a thing in their head that they do, but they don't know how to write it down. So that's probably what makes you know the difference on those. Do you, do you, do you think that, or do you think? Yeah, people still- no, I, th- I think you're right. I think there's also there's uh, especially in cooking barbecue and making a sauce to some degree, but in making barbecue, there's so many steps involved, and it's sort of like what you do at each step and and how you treat it. Um, so I was at Panther City. And maybe this is a secret of theirs. I don't know. But I was at Panther <laughs> oh, City, and they were pulling the briskets out before they wrapped them, and they were seasoning them. Huh. They were already smoked. They right were seasoning them. I was like, yeah, we got to write that down. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And they're like, you know, we just found that there's a, a, a base seasoning that works great to smoke them, and then there's a, another seasoning we like to add on top. Uh, toward the end, and that seasoning really sort of holds on and, and, and really comes through. You know, um, in the finished product, because when you're smoking a brisket, you know as well as I do, like you can put all that black pepper on there, and, and black pepper, if you were to just eat it raw, it's gonna be incredibly hot, but it loses so much of that pungency um, while it smokes, and I think that pungency of pretty much any spice is gonna get lost mm-hmm. uh, to some degree in, in a, a smoked brisket or beef ribs or something like that. So uh, it was interesting to see, you know, we want. You know, they were saying we want these spices to come through in the finished product, so we add them really late in the process. Wow! Yeah. Uh, so, and there was another barbecue joint I went to. They didn't. Uh, they didn't want to say what their secret was, so I won't say who it was. But <laughs> um, 
in like in their ribs, they said that uh, you know when they smoke the ribs, they take them off to wrap them. They um, they coat them in in more seasoning, but that that seasoning has been uh, bloomed in oil. So it's like they they take their rub and, and bloom it in oil and then coat the the, the ribs with, with that huh. and then wrap them up and and finish them off. Man, I'm learning new stuff now. So all that all that to say, you can say here's my seasoning. There you go. But you're not really telling like you're you're not being dishonest. No. But you're not telling the entire story about sort of when you put it on like you know, you can taste a like a, a bone-in pork loin, right? Like you can taste at, at Kreitz Market that that bone-in pork loin, it has sort of a hammy flavor to it. Like you take one bite of it and you know that that seasoning went on the day before. Like that that has been salted for a long period of time, um, far longer than just right before it went on the pit. So you can tell that just by tasting it. But um, if you just asked, if you if you didn't know the difference by tasting it, you would just ask them like, what do you season with? Well, you know, salt, pepper, and cayenne. If you then just use that seasoning, put it on that same cut of meat, but right before you put it on the smoker, you're not going to get nearly the same flavor. Mm-hmm. And it might lead you to say, oh, well, they're not telling me everything. <laughs> well, you didn't ask the right question. <laughs> like, when do you put it on? You know, when do you put that seasoning on? Yeah, because, you know, the, the most I learned uh, was from Jordan and Reed. It was going out there just watching. I didn't ask questions because, like, they can tell you everything, but you're, you have to kind of, like, pay attention to pick up little things. And that's, you know, you know I have a lot of my cooking uh, – that I learned was from them just by, yeah. like not writing a book, just looking at them and getting my butt kicked with them for a day or two. Well, and I think too often for beginners, that's the sort of stuff they get bogged down in is, uh, you know, that sort of detailed stuff when really, if you're starting out, like all you should be focusing on is, do you know when it's done? Do yep. you know when to pull it off when it's done? Like, that's it. Like if you can get a brisket, especially brisket. Like if you can just be patient enough to wait till it's done and then be patient enough to, um, to let it rest before you serve it. Like that's it. Like then once you got that down, then start toying with your seasonings or toying with like different woods to smoke with or Mm -hmm. different wrapping methods or, or whatnot. But like get the basics down. Like the, the thing, the biggest thing that separates, really great barbecue from just okay barbecue is simply a pit master who understands when it's done. It's like Joseph that day whenever you were like, they're ready to be pulled. And he was like, no, I still need 30 minutes. You were like, you sure? And he was like, no, I just still need 30 minutes. Y'all went out there and you were like, all right, I still need 30 minutes. <laughs> like, right. And maybe it's that one needs 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, it's not that, okay, this one's done, so I'm going to pull them all yeah. off. So th- today I'm going to have to babysit the briskets with them because this is their first cook in cold rain. They've yeah. been they've been cooking in, you know, really hot summers, dry, not that much. Using wind. preheated air coming yeah. into the yeah. smoker. Now we're gonna go through a lot more wood, and we have to run it hotter so we can make it cook. And there's gonna be a chance it's gonna take another up to an hour longer to get them cooked. So it's gonna be really interesting today. Yeah, the air gets to go out the window real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess we can do our intro now. Like, uh, yeah, this, is pretty, this is 20, pretty good. How many, minutes, how many minutes are we in? 15. 15 that's okay. fine. That's so we still fine. got 30 minutes, and we can ask. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can we, we, like, I don't know if it's a code word, but we call you DV. Does anybody else call you DV? Or is everybody call you Daniel? Uh, yeah, there are people who call me DV. Like, nobody calls me Danny. <laughs> um, it's weird. My, um, my friends in college all call me Dan. 
and all of my friends at home call me Daniel, like all my family and everything. And so I, uh, when I started living in Dallas, like I, I go by Daniel. I've never introduced myself as Dan or as Danny or whatever. And um, so my friends from college are like, oh, you're trying to like sound cooler now? Like you're Daniel? <laughs> I was like, I have never once told you that my name was Dan. Well, like, those are good friends. They're giving you shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's so, that's um, awesome. but yeah, DV is fine. So you want to do a quick intro? Um, I guess we can. So we're 15 minutes in, but you're listening to the Brisket Main podcast show with <laughs> CJ Joe and uh, our special guest, Danny, Daniel Vaughn. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm uh, leaving. Yeah, we screwed that one up. Um, so kind of like what Joe was saying earlier, um, we don't want to ask generic questions of when did you know that you had a love for barbecue? Um, because quite frankly, I don't think you want to tell that story again. So it was the first time I came to Zavala's there you barbecue. Go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> actually, that, actually, let's lead in with that question. You want to talk the about the first this? time I came to Zavala's barbecue? I was just basically annoyed. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, there it goes. And I was not annoyed at anything that y'all did, but like I knew there'd be a line. Oh, this is like the first time I actually yeah. ate at Zavala's barbecue. No, no, no. Okay, the first time you ate Zavala's. First time barbecue. I ate at Zavala's barbecue. You know that was the first day we were open. Yeah, I f- yeah, something like yeah, because there was somebody going up and down the line uh, with like a video camera. That was, that was, that was Kristen back in the day. Yeah. She used to be the hype woman. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> uh, but I was mad because I uh, I don't even remember what it was, but I had to finish something at home with my oh. kids, and um, I sound like a terrible father now. But I'm <laughs> like, I had to do something with my kids that was supposed to be done in time for me to get to Zavala's like an hour early, so that I didn't have to stand in a long line. And uh, you know, you could have just like no, DM'd I could us not. And no, I could not have. like say, Hey, no, I need to sign. It does not work, that it doesn't way. work that way. No, I thought that's how everybody does it. It does not work that oh, way. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so I, so yeah, I showed up, you know, about 40 minutes later than I had wanted to, and then I saw the huge line, and I'm like, This is why I wanted to be here earlier. And so I only, I only, it's, it's like I like to be toward the front of the line, not because of impatience or anything. I get this, I get dread when I'm in a long line that I'm going to get through this long line and I'm not going to be able to eat the things I need to write about. Right? Oh, no, everything was already pulled aside by the time we, we, we yeah. saw your line. It's like, <laughs> we're out of that. If they asked for it, then they're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, understand I wish, I wish that, he wasn't lying. And I understand that that kind of stuff can't happen, but... Uh, uh, but yeah, like I, I get this dread, like that they're that you're gonna be sold out of something by the time I get up there, and I'm gonna have to stand in this long line again or a line like this again, and um, just to come back and get that one item or whatever. So, so funny, yeah, I basically just sit there uneasy the whole time. Funny, funny story. So the first time you ever came when we were back in the mm-hmm. alley, mm-hmm. Um, you had a beanie on, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was out. cold. That was a cold day. And I had just happened to slide out, and I was like, hey man, we're out. You know, just told the whole the crowd, hey, we're out of all this stuff, yada yada yada. And I think you said we got chopped beef sandwiches and sausage. Yeah, left. yeah. Well, chopped beef tacos. And you threw your hands up and said something, and I walked back. And I was like, man, that dude was pissed. <laughs> so like forty <laughs> minutes later, we're done, <sighs> and we're just sitting inside. And I see your tweet, and I go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "CJ, you didn't know that was Daniel Vaughn." He's like, "No, nah, bro, I didn't find him, bro. I didn't know who he was. He was with the, he was with this kid. Like, like he's like, I guess we gotta go somewhere else to eat." And I was like, "Bro." That was Daniel fucking Vaughn. And we like ran outside because it was like real cold. It was windy. And the reason we sold out so quick is back in the day, like, shit, we take anything. Somebody bought three whole briskets. I'm like, shit, you take it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember all of us just overjoyed, ran out yelling like we won the Super Bowl. And it was just like, oh, my God, Daniel Vaughn's here. Oh, my God. We didn't feed him. Like, damn it. Well, and, 
and my uh, I'm sorry that I, I sounded no, angry, no, 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 angry <laughs> but it was it was sort of that like oh man I thought I had a I, I know that from the reputation that this is a good place like I thought I might come out of here with like a good story to write about damn it and yeah. now why you run out of the food man well and, and so I left not thinking like these guys suck I left thinking well I can't there's no point in me writing about this yep. place right now yeah. because they can't really, I think I said in my tweet, like they're not quite ready to serve the yeah. public, like as a restaurant. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's more of a pre-order place. Yeah. Yep. And so I, uh, so the places that I choose to write about are, it's generally like, I want there to be like a, uh, a, a destination that people can actually go to, to get their food mm-hmm. and, uh, like something that is consistent. And, um, you know, and just something that uh, they can sort of show up and order food. Yeah. So, um, I've had like people who do barbecue catering. It's like, hey, can you come try my food? Like, what? Like, you're gonna invite me to a wedding? Or, yeah. Like, no, just come to my house. Like, no. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> what? So I can tell people, like, hey, if come this guy invites you to his house, like, he's got really good <laughs> barbecue. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and that that was actually early on in the, I guess the pop up. Yeah. Genre phase. Um, cause I, I mean, Wait, there's point, a pop-up genre at that point. I don't think you were writing about anybody that was, I mean, especially some, right. Yeah. Game, I, try, I, I try to stay away from yeah. pop-ups altogether because I mean, the, the goal of a pop-up generally is to become a restaurant exactly. or, to, or a food truck, or at least a place that is, uh, consistently yeah. in one place at a, on, on regular time period. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I sort of try and wait for that moment to happen yeah. instead of, yeah, we, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a very memorable moment, and you know, one thing I, I I don't know if I've told you this, but thank you for the you know article, but more so thank you for making us better as weird as it sounds because we knew our pork ribs sucked really bad, and I think our pork ribs are better now, and it was because of you, you know, they're all right. I'm like, yeah, they were all right, and then the beef cheek, like, now we pre shred everything and make sure that we get all the you know hard pieces of fat out of it because you know that turned you off and i'm glad you told us that and you know most people i think take you know offense to your feedback but i think you made us better by giving us that you know true true uh love you know coaching of hey this is how you're gonna be able to get better well there was that and then it was the an article that said they're open on fridays and saturdays at that point i don't even think we're open on friday no no no. that was uh later down yeah uh, that was like a year down. I guess you said, you know, goodbye a brisket or whatever. That you can get it on Fridays. Well, we never served barbie or brisket on Fridays. But I'd <laughs> and you pushed that like, next week. We were open on Friday. We're open on Friday selling brisket. <laughs> so we're like, well, shit. I guess this is a clue that we need to start selling brisket on Fridays. So, so. all right. Well, I mean, it's really great that you guys sell it seven days a week now. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, Ooh. hey, actually, <laughs> shit. We will ship. And that's. I don't know. Maybe. So you guys started shipping. No. no well, yes and no. Because I'm struggling with that. Yes and no. Like, if you say it on this, like, Uh-oh. you started shipping, man. It's got to be official. So is it yes or no? <laughs> yes. I'm just working out the shipping cost because I just I see all the backlash that Franklin's getting right now. And it's funny because Truth's been charging that forever, and they're doing an amazing job doing, selling them and shipping them. Evie Mays has been shipping them, charging you know a little lower price. Snows. Um, Snows, is, pff, they're killing it, and they've always have been. But I know they're growing even more shipping. Um, and who else? Uh, I remember um, so Louis Scott, Miller. Louis Miller, but... Uh, Tejas, I, mm-hmm. like, I got motivated by him last year because we kind of like pushed our Thanksgiving holiday stuff a little bit, but not as hard as they did. Like he, I guess he used to work in the railroad. Like if I remember the story or something, he used to work at the railroad and they used to send uh, Omaha steaks to their clients or whatever. And he's like, well, shit, I can start shipping these briskets. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, we made an investment uh, about three weeks ago on a, 
on a vacuum sealer because we we're using <laughs> shout out to Jordan. He, uh, we, we're just using the food saver one forever, but it took us an hour and a half to vacuum seal stuff. And then we're like, all right, if we're going to be able to take it to the next level, we need to get, get one. And it's funny because we have all these guys reaching out and says, Oh my God, what kind of vacuum sealer are you using? And I'm showing them a $4,000 uh, vacuum sealer. Like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, like this yeah. is like, we're- I'll keep blowing through these $120. <laughs> like, uh, food like this savers. is what you gotta, this is what you've got to use if you actually want to get into the shipping business. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, right now mm. I'm looking at a $275 brisket, 44 farm brisket to ship cooked vacuum sealed. And, and that you, includes free freezing? shipping. Yeah, we'll be we'll be freezing. Right, because I mean that's what you got. Yeah, yeah. Because they so said you, that you you not only have to have a food saver, like you have to have a, a freezer. Yep. You, uh, I mean, hopefully you get a freezer that's like a, a blast chiller that yeah, that freezes yeah. it quickly. Because if you freeze it slowly, it's not going to be as high quality. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot more than just like throwing it in a box and didn't even and think about that. <laughs> no, no, seriously. But yeah, I mean, everybody. Yeah. It, it, it was funny to see the the questions or the backlash or whatever about the $250 brisket from Franklin barbecue. And it, it just made me laugh. Like all you people out here charging $22 a pound for brisket. Guess why you get to do that? Yeah. Cause it's, him. it's because of Aaron Franklin. Yeah. Like, like I felt, um, and so it, it makes me laugh. It's like, uh, so when I, when I was growing up, so I'm the youngest, so it's like my my sister was the uh, let's call her the trailblazer. Like she's the one who got in all the trouble, so that when I got in that same trouble, it didn't seem like as big of a deal. And it's like so that's Aaron Franklin to everybody. Like he's blazing that trail. Like he's the one who people are yelling at. Like I can't believe you're charging that much. When like two years later, everybody else is going to start charging that much. So at the, I mean, at the, I think at the same time, there's a market for it. I mean. Nobody's walking into a Louis Vuitton store and bitching about prices. They're walking into a Louis Vuitton store because they know what they're going to spend and they know yeah. what they're going to get. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with the shipping thing. Well, the f- they're, if they're ordering it, they know that they're going to spend it's sold X out. amount of dollars. Yeah. Like right. everybody's bitching and yeah. it's sold out. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, like all, the, all the keyboard folks who, uh, <laughs> who get on. Oh, like, th- those exist. <laughs> and, you know, they, they just get on and they're like, well, um, I would never pay that. And I was like, have you heard of a target audience before? Yeah. You're not part of it. Yeah. No, and it's exactly. okay. Like, no. I'm not part of that target audience either. Like, I'm not going to spend $250 on a Zavala's brisket to ship to my house. Like, we live in Texas. Yep. There's, uh, but my family who lives in Ohio or, you know, if you're living in Montana, you might just be the target audience and $250 might not seem like a huge reach to get yeah. a yeah. great bite of brisket. I mean, we got one of our close friends is moving to Wisconsin here in a couple of weeks and he's already like, hey, man. Can we vacuum seal some shit so I can take up here? You know, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Like the first week that we got the vacuum sealer, there was a lady that asked, "Hey, I'm about to get on a plane. Can you vacuum seal my meat so I can put it in uh, um, storage, or excuse me, on carry on?" I said, "Actually, we can do that. We have a vacuum sealer, so it was kind of cool." And uh, you know, I, I'm we're even making extra barbecue to try to sell during the week as one pound like turkey or one pound brisket, mm-hmm. and you know. I did a whole video, I haven't posted yet, of how to sous vide it because you just get a nice little gentle boil for 10, 15 minutes and it comes out good. I was against that. I'm like, even like when we do caterings, like people are like, just do drop offs. I'm like, no, like we have to be there fresh, slice it fresh for you, everything. And to see like we embracing the year of the sellout, it sounds like Franklin did too, of shit, we got to do whatever we can to survive. If we're going to ship briskets, we're going to ship briskets. Where I guarantee he probably was saying no. Like, I, we can't do this and said, shit, we got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many restaurants out there that are just looking for any way that they can that they can maintain. I mean, um, as you all well know, like, it's not just Joe Zavala that suffers if Zavala's barbecue is not selling barbecue. Like, there's a lot of people that you're responsible for. And 
you're going to find every way to keep them employed, um, you know, to be able to uh, to make that payroll, to be able to make rent, to, like all these things. And, you know, you've you've got to get creative. And if that is, you know, making chopped brisket sandwiches, <laughs> like uh, we're going to do it, making chopped brisket sandwiches or bottling sauce or selling merch or shipping barbecue. Like, you know, um, I looked at Miller Smokehouse and in Belton and they were they were one of the first to just really quickly shift everything in March and say, we're a grocery store now. Like, we're not going to sell you Tide, but, you know, yeah. we'll sell you toilet paper and uh, ground beef and sausage and, um, like, everything else uh, that you might get from a produce and – or not produce section, but from the meat section. And, you know, that uh, that really sustained them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're still, still putting out really great barbecue, but all this other stuff as well. And – you know they they were able to basically stay at their same level of income, uh, not same level of profit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's I think that's a running joke with everybody. Is like you're doing double, triple the work for the same amount of money or less. Right, and maybe selling the same amount of product. Yep. But your profit <clears throat> is just way down. Like you start having to vacuum seal stuff, or yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah because we're selling it at a discount rate because you can't sell it sell it at a premium price. I think. If you're coming to pick up, but you know, again, shipping across it's it's the shipping cost that kills you. Like, yeah, shipping cold meat is not yeah. exactly a uh, we get <laughs> an on, efficient way to do things. Unless we get something to hot shot for us, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it has to be big enough order for that. Um, so I'm looking some, over some of these questions. So, for time's sake, um, I'm gonna hit on the ones that I'm kind of curious about. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve when you go to barbecue places? Uh, people who um, try to give me free food hate it. Like I don't want to have that argument. Just like Texas Monthly is an incredible company company to work for. They uh, they pay my expense reports every month. Um, they pay for the barbecue that I eat. Um, and so I've, I have found though that the easiest way to to do it is just like, oh well, I wanted to write about this and I have to pay for it if I do. Yeah, people. Are, oh, okay, okay. Well, I guess we can do it then. Well, shit. I yeah. guess. I guess. You know. But yeah, just let me pay for my barbecue. And like it, it, it doesn't make. It makes me look bad if I take free barbecue and, um, yeah. No, I and I, you said actually said that before, because um, I remember the first time, our first day we were open, Joe was like, "Hey, fucking charge him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't piss him off. Just charge him." You know. So, he. Uh, he made sure to remind me of that. Um, what's the craziest thing someone's ever told you when you showed up? I mean, obviously, you know, go back to the whole Chappelle thing. Um, you're barbecue famous, um, whether you want to admit <laughs> it or not, you know. But what's the wildest thing somebody's ever said to you when, when you've shown up? Um, man, it's it's not something I've really kept track of. Um, but. I mean, I guess the most uncomfortable thing is like to sit down with a tray of barbecue and have the owner walk up or the pit master like, hey, can I sit down and eat with you? Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. Why? That's weird. Like, let me eat my food. Let me have yeah. my meal. So what did you think about this brisket? How about these ribs? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, how can I be better? It's yeah. like, I'm not going to go to a regular restaurant. And the chef's not going to pop in the back and pull the chair up. You know, let me eat my food. And- right. So, yeah, I'm fine 
talking about it after the meal or anything, but it's just really weird to have somebody sort of sit down with you or, or s- stop by the table and like get down on one knee next to the table, like, hey, how's everything <laughs> going here? You know, like, super casual. Uh, uh, I'm always, hey, best I'm always happy to talk about a meal afterwards. Like, I have conversations with pitmasters and barbecue joint owners all the time, like sitting at the table after a meal and telling them pretty honestly about how I feel about the barbecue or this particular cut or that. And um, as I tell everybody who asks, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write anything. I'm not willing to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're interested, like I'll, I'll tell you what I think of it and what I, th- how I think you can improve. Uh, you know, I wrote recently about going to Dozier's barbecue and, Ooh, and, I, that, I... And, and talking to Jim and it was, you know, it was an uncomfortable conversation. Cause again, I was really just disappointed because selfishly I thought I was going to go in for a sure shot, good barbecue meal, uh, great redemption story for, for both Jim and for Dozier's and, uh, and the barbecue just wasn't good. And it was like, then I, you know, I, the brisket wasn't very good. The ribs were obviously reheated. And then I'd learned later that everything was, but you know, that conversation we had, it was a, it was a difficult one for both of us, but, um, you know, at the end I thought, you know, I came back the next day and everything was like, it was like a different restaurant. And that is the, that's the sort of barbecue that I know Jim can put out. And so, you know, he, he told me later that he did not, he, he has changed the way he's cooking for every day so that every day is more consistently, uh, uh, I guess, consistently representative of his, potential and you know i i think if you're running and owning a barbecue joint either one um that that's the sort of message you want to put out day after day actually this is good i just want to ask this quick follow-up question because i think your uh you can probably you know your writing style has grown from when you first started to now and i remember when i was like really like like first got into like barbecue like five or six years ago i used to in like i used to like kind of get excited when i read your articles because you would have a little bit zingers there and there kind of like you know good feedback and then i know it's really difficult with covid like of to hammer a motherfucker if it ain't good because like it's you don't want to hammer them because it's like no they're trying to survive that that was a really tough one to write because i know that there's not much room for there's no appetite for uh for real criticism right now yeah yeah. And um yeah, so you know, I think either I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately for Jim, like I know him well. Yeah. So I knew what he could do. Mm-hmm. Um which is why I wrote it the way I did and why I came back the, the next day as well to to try it again. So yeah, I don't think I would run up into a new barbecue joint with somebody I didn't know and it was terrible and then just be and start writing about how terrible it was. Yeah. Like um, I don't think there's much use in that either. No, understandable. Um, so I guess with that being said about, you know, obviously you writing people up, that's their, that's their livelihood. That's their livelihood. That's, that's barbecues. Cause is it, is it weird for you to know that not just in Texas and I, but well, more so in Texas, but also in the United States, like you are the barbecue critic you know you are the ones that people you know i I know i know you probably get annoyed with the thousands of tweets you get hey dan daniel dv where should i go get barbecue in houston 
or in Austin. Or I love the copy and paste of the, of the uh, <laughs> top 50. That's amazing. I was like... <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, I see my general mission statement at Texas Monthly to be I connect people with good barbecue. Yeah. And, you know, I do write city guides for each one, and that's my pinned tweet. is like, please look here at these city guides uh, before before asking about these particular cities. But I'd, I never mind that uh, getting that tweet that's like, hey, I'm going to be driving between here and there. Um, is there anything good in between? Now, the tweet of, hey... I am in this city right now. Where should I go eat lunch? And then like two hours later, I answer and they're like, well, I, I had to pick somewhere else. It's like, I'm not your like instantaneous yeah. concierge. I'm not, I'm um, not Google. Like, <laughs> Actually, this is a good question. So I know I can only imagine how it felt to, you know, E. Franklin's the first time. And, you know, you're probably always chasing that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is the like best barbecue ever. This is something well, different. On, let me here. stop you. It wasn't at Franklin that I had that awakening. That was at Louis Miller. Like that was that beef rib. No, no. I didn't even know I was so green and barbecue that I didn't even know they were famous for a beef rib the first time I went. But I, I went and I had been eating barbecue all over Dallas and Fort Worth, and I I loved it. I loved all the barbecue around here. This was back in like 2010. Um, you know, I moved to Dallas in 2001, so I'd been eating barbecue all over Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, for up until 2016, uh, or sorry, 2006. Um, wow, that was <laughs> a lot longer yeah, ago. Than, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just added 10 so years. <laughs> in that five year span, I'd been eating barbecue all over DFW, 2001 to 2006. In 2006, I uh, went on a road trip with my buddy Sam uh, down to Central Texas to see what these Texas monthly people had to say. Like, what, what are all these great barbecue joints they're talking about? And how are they really any better than what we're eating around here? And then going to Louis Miller uh, on a Saturday morning. That was our first stop of the morning back when they were open at 1030. And uh, got uh, sausage and brisket. And that was it. And took a bite of the brisket. And it was just like, ah. I mean, that was it. Like, it was boom, this is a different food. This is a different category of, of barbecue than I've ever had. This bite of brisket right here has uh, basically changed the whole idea of what barbecue is for me. And so that was really that moment. So yes, I mean, the first visit to Franklin, it was great. Uh, the third visit to Franklin was like much better than the first. Uh, but, you know, in, in looking back, and I think Aaron Franklin would agree, like the brisket he was putting out the first time I went, it's like nothing compared to what the like 40th best barbecue joint in Texas is doing now. And that's how much Texas barbecue has grown in that time. And do you kind of like wish, cause that you can find that next nose. Like I would imagine like you want to go find this barbecue joint. In yeah. Small no, I, town, I mean, like, it's the barbecue unicorn, right? Yeah. Like it, uh, I wrote about this with Kolochny barbecue in Hallettsville and I, I thought it might be it. And, um, and it, it was so close. Like, it was fantastic. I love that place. Uh, Saturday and Sunday only. Sells out pretty quickly. And, you know, they they uh, it's run by an older couple. I honestly don't even know if it's open right now. Uh, but it's run by an older couple. And uh, when I went in uh, to eat there, everybody in line in front of me had a pail, uh, like a bucket or, a, um, like, a roasting pan or something. And... That's how they got their barbecue. What? And so they'd walk back to the pit room, 
and get their pail filled up, and then they'd go up front to the scale. And like these people were such regulars that their pail or their bucket or whatever right. pan had the tear weight on it. Like, wow, that's on, awesome! Like masking tape. <laughs> And so, like, this is how old school of a place we're talking about. The first time I went, they didn't have; they were sold out of brisket and something else. But I mean, I got chicken and, and the homemade sausage and pork steak, and it was just phenomenal. And so I, I went back again to try the brisket, and it was like an absolute disappointment. Mm. Everything else on the menu was fantastic: brisket, tough, chewy, just undercooked. Um, and so I thought maybe that was this barbecue unicorn, and I was a little disappointed that the brisket wasn't better. And I mean, that was just a few years ago. And even now I think like how stupid I was then, like who cares if like that brisket wasn't very good. I mean, you can go into this place, this old school spot run by an older couple only open two days a week. Um, that at the time had zero Yelp reviews, no mentions on Facebook. I found one mention of the restaurant at all online, and that was in somebody's blog who had said that they went back home to Hallettsville to visit family and picked up some sausage at Kalashnikov's. Wow. I mean, I knew nothing about this place, and they're serving a fantastic homemade uh, sausage and pork steaks and chicken and ribs. Like, who cares if the brisket's not very good? Like, you can go get an incredible barbecue meal at a place that nobody knows about, Hidden gem. A hidden gem, yeah. And just these days, it's impossible, uh, almost impossible. Like, I mean, I guess if there's a unicorn out there, we haven't found it, so I don't know. I know. For sure. But, uh, you know, the idea that a place could have been open, that place had been open since 1989. And so a place, a place open that long um, that's open regularly to never be written about or heard about or... Uh, recommended to me is pretty unique. Like, like the only time, how the t- hell do they stay open? Like, I mean, it's that community, they got, man. It's yeah, like, that's they what got, it- they got enough folks in the community who come by with their buckets, <laughs> their, and, their pre-marked buckets. That's and- right. I mean, they've got that local following that it doesn't really matter. They don't need the the outside world. They don't need to market to the outside world. Uh, I'm sure after I wrote, I, I still wrote a really great review about the place. I, I I loved the visit there, and I'm sure that they were probably kind of annoyed. At Shit, all these, I want to go now. All these oh new God. faces, all, like new faces showing up, and people who were probably disappointed that they showed up and they were sold out. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. See, I, I, I can only you know imagine it's much difficult to be able to find the unicorn now because everybody is just social media. I mean, clout. the only way to find anything like that is a brand new barbecue joint that's not in a big city. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, that's like us. I mean, the new war, the new war off. I mean, we're we're no longer the new purple, um, you know. And now it's, it's like I've told Joe and we've talked about. Now it's trying to put as many fish poles in the pond to try to stay relevant. Um, yeah. Now you uh, now Zavala's barbecue. Unfortunately for you, you wear the the yoke of high expectations. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing that I miss the most is when we first started and we were down there. It was it was almost. It was scary to hear people saying, oh, my God, like this tastes like so-and-so or so-and-so. I'm like, we're not even close to remotely being that level. And now the expectation for everybody that comes, it has to be at 99% because if it's lower than that, then they're like, this thing's overrated. And it's like, that's what I keep on you know, preaching to our team is like, hey, like we have one chance one chance only. One opportunity. <laughs> one, no, <sorry. laughs> You're about to start rapping. We have, we, have, we have one chance 
for these individuals. Do not miss your chance. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can't surprise anybody anymore. Nope, at all. Like people who people are coming to Zavala's barbecue because they expect really great barbecue, and if you don't provide that, it's a disappointment. Yeah. Instead of them just showing up, sort of empty slate, not knowing what to expect, and being wowed. Yeah, and it's a, you know it's kind of crazy too because the thing I'm most excited about too is as much to your point of uh, them in Houseville, like it was their community, like 80% of our business, 90% is Grand Prairie. And so it's funny enough, because as we all know, there's all these different uh, blogs now, there's these different Facebook pages talking about the best barbecue. And the thing I love the most is we barely see our name on there. So I'm kind of like, this is great. Like the people in our community still know us, but you know, even within DFW, like people still don't know who we are. So there's only, you know, more opportunity for us to be able to grow. And I think, you know, that's, that's the thing that we're trying to figure out. It's that mid city bias, huh? <laughs> Maybe it is right. Well, so we, I'll, we, I'll tell we, you in our, in, we our barbecue, in our barbecue special issue that we put out like uh, earlier this year, um, we did like the barbecue city guides and they had to be somewhat abbreviated, um, especially in the DFW area. Cause I had so many places on the list. And so they sent it back to me, uh, the proof, and it was just places in Dallas and Fort Worth. And I was like, guys, if you leave out Hurtado and Zavala's, like, we're going to look really stupid here. Like, you need to have these places in there. And um, and so, they, you know, they added them back in. But it was like this, well, it's not Dallas and it's not Fort Worth, so it's not as important. I mean, do we got to get a P.O. box in Dallas? No, no. I, I'm, it's so funny. Like, you bring this up because that's the thing that I struggle with <laughs> for our brand that we're trying to figure out. Hey man, you gotta be careful. It's cold. Oh, it's wet. It's fine. It's uh, we're not Dallas. We're not Fort Worth. So people are like, when they do all these things in Dallas and stuff, it's like, well, they're not really Dallas. Well, we're Dallas County. And then, you know, when we're doing stuff in Fort Worth, it's like, well, you're not really Fort Worth. Arlington is Fort Worth. So it's like you're, you're right. not really even Arlington. <clears throat> no. <laughs> and even though the border's like right there, so it's good to know that there really is a, that. You know, I don't want to call it a miss. It's just that it is what it is. Like it's. Mid cities. Yeah, I mean, you're really close to Dallas, though. Like, oh, we are. It's, it's just right there. Yeah, you know, and it, it's funny because they put Cadillac in Dallas, but Cadillac, you know, is in Farmers Branch. Addison. Did I say that? Addison. So they're in they're in Farmers, Farmers Branch, Branch yeah. but they have a Dallas address. So so you're right. We need to do PO box for Dallas. Oh, well, I'll work on that. We'll okay. Uh, next question is kind of a two parter. Um, uh, actually, let's just be respectful this time. Is cool. We go about no, ten yeah, more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your least favorite trend in barbecue? Because like we said before, everybody's trying to stay relevant. Everybody's trying to sprinkle sugar on shit right now. What is your, what is a trend that you've seen that you're like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what the it's hell is going so on? It's not so much an individual trend, but uh, just like the, the, I like a, a sandwich that's like comfortable in your hands. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point of a sandwich that is so enormous that you can't take a bite of it. Like, oh, we got, you know, all, I want five. Say, we I got want, all five of our meats on a sandwich. I won't say that name, but I, I did try that sandwich, and I think it was a little too much. But yeah, well, and and you know, it's it's not just a sandwich with your entire menu, or maybe yeah. even with like some ribs on top. Yeah, but like just any sandwich that's that's purely meant for Instagram. You know, it's just meant to wow visually. Yeah, like I still want something that's really good to eat. I don't want to eat it in sections. Yeah, right. Like I mean, the the taco I had this morning. Right. I mean. The sloppy wan, sloppy wan, egg and cheese. There's nothing fancy about it. It's not huge. It's not overstuffed. It's not. It is just a a comfortable, well proportioned, well made taco. Um, 
that doesn't make you ridiculously full. Like it's a great taco to have two of, mm-hmm. or maybe three. Um, <laughs> so stuff like that, I find much more interesting than just some massive quantity over quality type s- thing. Yeah, something that's just all for the visuals. Yeah, it's all for the gram, bro. Sellout, you know it is. No, I trust me, I get it, I get it. But yeah, the uh, maybe you wanted me to say like the birria style tacos, but uh, <laughs> I mean they're delicious. That's why everybody makes them. Uh, can right? I, can I go on record? <laughs> you can go on record. I don't like them. You don't like them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I like crispy tortillas and crispy cheese and gravy, basically. Like, it's <laughs> that's no, a, no, that's a people, good combination. And it's, and it, a lot of people are, survived the downturn by starting to sell those. Yeah. Because, you know, it saved restaurants. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Jose talks about it all the time. It saved a couple of restaurants in Dallas where they were doing it with goat and people were like, oh, they, they want the beef. Like, you know, as much as we all like goat. Um, I do, you know, have a underground bolsol that you know, I did at my house. So maybe one day uh, we'll be able to do a goat or uh, you know some uh, cow heads in there. Like, uh, to, we won't get in trouble since I guess it's our house, right? The city can't come after us. Oh so. man! No, he's in Bedford, bro. This isn't your council. <laughs> um, I guess as long as you're not selling with the restaurant. Yeah, That's exactly, true. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell me. So, to do that. last question before we before we get ready to wrap it up. Um, Social media day and age being it is what it is now. Have you ever gone to a place and it's got so much hype and so much, I got to try this, and then you get there and you're like, what the hell is this all about? Like, No names. No names. No names. Um, Can somebody have a really good social media game and then you get tricked out? It's like almost get catfished, right? Yeah, I mean, that can certainly happen, but... Because um, you've seen pictures and pictures of barbecue, so you can see good barbecue and bad barbecue. But again, I'm not looking to the uh, I'm not looking to the ownership social media accounts to see if it's good. Ooh! I mean... This is I inside use, information right here. I use Yelp all the time, but I don't read the review. Yeah, because, I mean, no owner's going to put I go on. Shit. I go on Yelp, and you look at the photos that people post. Oh! So you can tell you've been this game for a while. I mean, you know, yeah. Like if if you go on to somebody's, if you go on to Zavala's Barbecue's Facebook page, like those are going to be photos that you wanted on there, exactly. Like that you knew looked great. But you know what? What do the what do your customers post? Like, what's the food you're actually serving? Not just the food that you're like, hey, this is going to look beautiful for a social media post. This is why I'm so happy you said this, because I am going to hammer it to the team, because that's all we've been preaching for the last, you know, six months with COVID. I said, I don't care if people are open in box. It still needs to look good in there. So we make sure that everything looks proportioned, everything's good. We're not just throwing in a box of here you go. Yeah. Because these people are spending a lot of money. I don't want those beans from the back corner, like, all the, spilling over on top of my brisket. Beans. Yeah. Man, I'm glad you said that. You but heard it, it here first. It, it, does, it does make a difference. Like, I will be, um, you know, I'll try and arrange things to look good, um, especially if it is good. Like, I don't want to tell a false story about the barbecue that I've gotten. But, um, you know, if you build a beautiful tray or a beautiful to-go box or whatever that, that anyone can just open and take a photo of, like every one of those is a little mini advertisement for your restaurant. Yeah. There you go. So why not make it easy for people to post a good-looking advertisement that's yeah. free for your restaurant? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, he's, like he tells the guys, everything's got to look And gals, ready. and gals. Guys and gals, picture ready. And then, like I said, there is some people that they come in, and you're like, oh, you know this dude's going to 
blast this on whatever social media. So like, get the hell out of the way. I got this. Like, you know. <laughs> um, but man, uh, so every uh, every episode we uh, of this, I guess, would be our second season. We um, get sponsored. Um, have somebody we just give them a shout out, and then we uh, kind of wrap it up. So um, it's kind of where we're at now. So this week's sponsor is. Uh, None other than tumbleweed textiles. Um, so it's actually never the, heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> at uh, all. Shout out Jeb and Brian. So it's actually the grand opening this weekend. Um, Seventy five eleven Main Street, Suite one twenty in Frisco, Texas. Um, or if you don't feel comfortable going there, you can uh, shop twt.com for all your merchandise needs. Um, and they actually put a price package together. Yeah, they're kind enough. They're going to do a shirt, a hat, and a sticker uh, collection uh, for that. So we'll have that on social media for you to be able to enter and win. I think. How do I enter? You go to. <laughs> Yeah, you've done these a couple of times, right? You know, I, and and in all honesty, like I love that company. They, uh, I probably wear one of their shirts three times a week. Like all I wear is barbecue t-shirts, right? And so they design so many of them. Uh, I love my gray Zavala shirt. With the, <laughs> it says Zavala's in yellow. I wear that all the time. Um, but when I was coming out with my book back in 2012 they were a really young company they were still teaching mm-hmm. um they were selling a few things online i don't even know if they were selling anything online by then no they were they were um and i came to them and said hey i'd really like you to for free design me a t-shirt and then you know handle all of the shipping and everything else too uh, for people who want to order online and then provide me at a discount um, boxes and boxes of them in many sizes so I can sell them. And they're like, okay, sounds great. <laughs> and they did. And it was awesome. Like, I I still wear my Prophets of Smoked Meat shirt. Um, you know, it's like in the shape of Texas and it's got all these different <laughs> yeah. barbecue joints on it. And so, like, from the very beginning, they were, you know, such a, a young startup company and still willing to do a lot of work to just help out a guy who was trying to market his book a little bit more. And so being able to see so many other barbecue joints now using their services and it just gives me a lot more of their shirts to wear. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Jeb, Jeb is unbelievable. He does all our designs for us. He's like knocked it out of the park. He just uh, did a new one. That's kind of a play on Lone Star, uh, beer. Cause we're huge fans of Lone Star light. And he actually did it back in February, and we're thinking about doing it as our one-year anniversary or two-year anniversary or one-year anniversary shirt. But we just didn't do it because I hate merch. But uh, he keeps on pushing me to push merch, and I'm really appreciative to him. And you know, like you said, they're unbelievable uh, company and guys that are doing. And they also donate to uh, you know they have a scholarship fund that they do too from their sales. All right, always giving back to the community. So when we finally wrap it up, we uh, like to end it with a just a wild what we like to call wild ass weekly news. Um, so every, uh, every Friday morning I'll scour the internet and try to find the most random story I can. Um, this week it's a Brazilian Senator caught hiding cash in between his butt cheeks. Um, <laughs> normally I like to read a story. Um, but I think you can put two and two together. What happened with that one? <laughs> two to um, two together. He was, uh, oh, wow. he was caught during a raid and uh, I guess he was trying to hide money. Why he put it there? I have no clue, man, but, um, can talk about getting caught with your pants down. Exactly. So, um, man, that wraps it up. Uh, thank you for coming out. Thank you for sitting with us. Thank you so much. We uh, really appreciate it. Hope we weren't too us. But uh, like I said, thanks again. So this is CJ. This is Joe. Thank you so much, Daniel Vaughn, for joining us. Y'all thanks for week. having me. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. actually, can you, I want you to do a plug for your uh, Texas uh, bar- backyard barbecue. That's right. Yeah. 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 Doing, doing the backyard barbecue. Well, so, uh, you know, uh, so – 
Sorry, put you when on is spot. This, when is this going to go Monday. on? Monday. On Monday. Monday. Okay, yeah. So perfect timing. So this week, yeah. like all this week is like Texas Barbecue Week. Uh, sorry. It's all good. So all this week is Texas Monthly Barbecue Week. And so we've got barbecue joints across the state who are doing different specials and whatnot. We're basically just trying to get people out into their community barbecue joint to support it. Um, and then at the end of the week uh, on, on Sunday, I'm going to be cooking barbecue in the backyard we're going to have this virtual backyard barbecue. Awesome. You can get get on there to follow along and maybe learn some cooking tips, or you can simply get on there to heckle me uh, <laughs> about the terrible job I'm doing cooking. And, um, yeah, so we're going to have uh, different folks on for conversations about barbecue and uh, be answering questions on there, too. So it's yeah, going to be so fun. Yeah, so definitely uh, you can go to, uh, what, tmbbq.com to find out more information about uh, it? Just uh, the Texas Monthly site, yeah. Yeah. Um, so TMBBQ has been sort of retired. We, okay, never mind. Then. It used to be its own <laughs> website. Now we just have a barbecue channel okay. on the Texas Monthly uh, site. So, But if you just search for the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival, it's going to show up. Awesome. Okay. Thank you again. Sweet. So that wraps it up. This is CJ. This is Joe. Have a good week. <laughs> Bye. And just to wrap things up. <laughs>